This is I Am Robert A. Brown Ministries. The following is a recent Sunday morning message given by Pastor Robert Brown. Amen. So just say amen when you have Psalm 51 and 11. Amen. Amen. In this scene, um, Nathan has approached David to, um, well, the role of the, the prophet in the Old Testament was to be a checks and balance to the king. All right. So here, Nathan, being the prophet during King David's time, David of David and Goliath, came to correct him for his sin with Bathsheba. Amen. Bathsheba was the wife of one of David's uh, soldiers, Uriah. And that was wrong, obviously. So here is a scene where Nathan has to rebuke uh, David. And this is David's response. All right. And David says, do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Amen. Now, let's understand this scene as being in the Old Testament before uh, the Holy Spirit came and was sent by Jesus. Amen. The Holy Spirit in Old Testament from time to time would come upon Old Testament saints and empower them to do something in God's will. Amen. So they had a mentality that the Holy Spirit could leave them because of sin. And unfortunately, amen, those of us in uh, as modern day Christians, excuse the plane going by, but those of us as modern day Christians believe that once we sin we could we can lose the holy spirit we believe that fellowship with god is broken once we sin and that god wants nothing more to do to it, do with us amen that we have one shot at being saved amen and after that we've blown it but i'm here to tell you today that is not what the bible teaches god is better than our sin Amen. God is better than we know and that we've had an understanding. Amen. Glory to God. So today, amen, hallelujah, our message for the second slide is the paraclete, the one called alongside to help. The paraclete, the one called alongside to help. Amen. Won't you join me as I pray before we get into further, we get further into this message. Amen. Father God, we come before you in the matchless name of Jesus. We thank you and praise you for today, this beautiful day. We thank you for the ability to be online and have service today. We pray that you draw everyone you've ordained to join this online service, Lord God, to get on their laptops, their computers, their tablets, their phones, Lord God. Draw them to hear about your son today in the name of Jesus. Now, Father God, you've tasked me with something that is too great for me. You are the preacher. You are the teacher. Preach today. Teach today like never before. I decrease that you might increase in me. Have your way today. We thank you. We praise you. Bless all those that join our online service. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. So the paraclete, the one called alongside to help. Amen. Now, we just read from Psalm 51. Uh, Psalm 51. Oops, excuse me. We just read from Psalm 51 and 11. Amen. About David being concerned that the Holy Spirit would be taken away from him. And I spoke about how we as modern day Christians often feel the same way. We're going to look at the scriptures and see if that is the case. Okay. All right. So third slide. So according to BibleHub.com, the paraclete or paracletos, 
as it's called in Greek. Amen. It's called to one's aid. So the paraclete is called to one's aid, properly a legal advocate who makes the right judgment call because close enough to the situation. Is the regular term used in the New Testament in New Testament times of an attorney or lawyer, i.e. someone giving evidence that stands up in court. Term used by Jesus, we're referring to the Holy Spirit. So when we use the word paraclete, amen, or in the King James Version, it'll, it'll say comforter, amen, as we will see soon, amen. He is the Holy Spirit operates as someone called alongside to help, amen. Excuse me as I... <laughs> I'm out here in the heat. Hallelujah. So the Holy Spirit is the paraclete or one called alongside to help. Amen. So we have to think of God, uh, the Spirit of God, as a helper. Amen. Glory to God. Not our enemy, but a helper. Amen. Glory to God. And a helper often helps in times of need. Why do I need help if I don't have a need? All right. So the the Holy Spirit is called to aid us, to assist us, to be an advocate, a lawyer for us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Moving on to the next slide. Jesus tells of the Holy Spirit and speaks of his abiding presence. All right. So now we're going to look at a scripture. Amen. Where Jesus speaks of the Holy Spirit, tells of the Holy Spirit and speaks of his abiding presence presence we're going to turn to john 14 16 the amplified version amen glory to god all right and this is jesus speaking here amen in chapters 14 15 16 and 17 jesus is preparing his disciples for his ascent for his crucifixion and subsequent ascension amen and in doing so he's trying to give them comfort Okay, because they, they're, they're upset about this. They don't like this. Amen. Hallelujah. So here in John 14, 16, the Amplified Version, Jesus says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. So first, Jesus is referring to himself as a helper. And then he says, I, he will give you another helper. That gives you the idea that Jesus was a helper, and now Jesus is sending another helper by way of Father God. A comforter. An advocate, an intercessor, a counselor, a strengthener, a standby to be with you forever. And now, if you can see on your screen, I had the words, the, t uh, the phrase for, uh, to be with you forever underlined. Saints, I'm here to tell you today, uh, uh, viewers, I'm here to tell you today that the Holy Spirit, amen, is to be with us it was jesus's intent for him to be with us forever you cannot lose the holy spirit in your life forever means forever and in forever there are tough times there are difficulties there are times when we unfortunately as christians choose to sin but the holy spirit remains with us forever well, some of y'all are getting mad at me right now because this goes against everything that you've been taught. But here the Lord Jesus is teaching us and he's greater than any earthly teacher. And he's telling us that the Holy Spirit will be with us forever. So even if I taught that before, that the Holy Spirit would leave you when you sin or some other preacher. Amen. Can, can we go against uh, Jesus's teaching? 
This is good news. He'll be with us forever. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's go to the next slide. Point one. As a believer, the Holy Spirit will not leave you, but will be with you forever. Maybe you need to write that down. The Holy Spirit will not leave you. My God. That's comforting to me. He will not leave us. Now, brother pastor, what happens? I go into sin. And you, you know what happens when a Christian commits a sin? The Holy Spirit is right there with you. I know that may be hard to, to take for some of you. But we've taken the Holy Spirit into sin. And that feeling we feel inside that we call it conviction now conviction means to be declared guilty now us being saved being believers being washed in the blood are no longer in a position of guilt so what's happening amen is that the holy spirit is crying out why did you bring me into this situation that's what's happening but he goes with us into the sin when we choose to sin as Christians. But even when we sin as Christians, we're still in right standing with God because we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Amen. And when we go into sin, amen, we get defiled or dirtied. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's when it's incumbent upon us, amen, to get back into our word. It talks about in Ephesians, the washing uh, of the water of the word amen the word washes us off it corrects us amen but the holy spirit is with us throughout that whole process amen all right we're going to go on to the next slide amen the agency of the holy spirit or the the might or the uh, influence of the holy spirit the role of the holy spirit the agency of the holy spirit we're going to look at that Still staying in John 14, this time we're in verse 26, amplified version. And it reads, but the helper, the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, the standby, the Holy Spirit is all these things to us as believers. See, we keep looking to human beings to be these things for us. So we look to the pastor to be these things for us. No, it's the Holy Spirit. Let me read that again. But the helper. So he's our helper, our comforter, our advocate, our intercessor, our counselor, our strengthener, our standby, the Holy Spirit, so that you're not confused by who this is, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place, to represent and act on my behalf. He will teach you all things, and he will help you remember everything that, you, that I have told you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So point number two, amen. The Holy Spirit came to dwell in believers in order to represent Christ and act on his behalf. Let's stop there for a second. Jesus is in heaven on the right hand of Father God. So his spirit or the Holy Spirit now dwells in us as believers to represent Christ and act on his behalf. My God. So when Jesus said, lo, I will be with you always, even to the end, 
he was referring to the Holy Spirit by, by, uh, by way of the Holy Spirit or via the Holy Spirit. He would be with us. This is how we spill, feel the, the presence of God. The, spirit, the presence of Christ is by way of the Holy Spirit. He represents Christ and he acts on his behalf. Hallelujah. Let's go on. To be a teacher that leads believers to a deeper knowledge of gospel truth. Holy Spirit wants to lead us into a deeper knowledge of the gospel truth. What is the gospel? It means that Jesus came and lived the perfect life, died for our sins, was buried to confirm his death, rose on the third day as the evidence that Father God accepted his sacrifice for our sins, amen, and appeared to many, amen, hallelujah. We, he will remind us that our sins have been forgiven through the death, burial, and resurrection and appearance of Jesus Christ. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Hallelujah. These are not my ideas. This is what the scripture is saying. So to be a teacher that leads believers to a deeper knowledge of the gospel truth, remind them of the teachings of Christ, amen, that's self-explanatory, and give them the divine strength needed to enable believers to go through and overcome the difficulties of life in this fallen world. Saints, we live, viewers, we live in a fallen world. This is not the world that God intended. We live in a fallen world, and the Holy Spirit, one of his jobs is to strengthen us that we might be able to overcome the difficulties we face, like the ones we're facing right now with the pandemic and unemployment or underemployment, amen, uh, civil unrest, amen, hallelujah, all that's going on right now. He empowers us to be able to overcome these difficult situations of life because as God, he knows we live in a fallen world. Well, if God's so good, how come bad things happen to good people? Listen, this is not the world that God intended for us. This is a fallen world. Man decided to live independent of God. And as a result, we live in a fallen world. And God in his goodness, by way of Jesus Christ, sent us the Holy Spirit to comfort us, to assist us, to aid us, to strengthen us, to stand by us, to advocate for us. To, to strengthen us to live and overcome in this difficult world. Somebody say hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. See, as human beings, our first inclination is to lean on another human being and to get strength from another human being to, uh, to, to be able to thrive in this world. Whether it be a family member, and family's good, family's from God. Whether it be a friend, friends are good, friends are from God. Amen. Whether it be a boyfriend, a husband, whatever it is, we lean on people instead of leaning on the Holy Spirit. Now, don't get me wrong. There are times that God leads people to help us. Amen. But we must see the uh, power behind the person helping us as God. Amen. The influence behind people helping us to be God. Amen. Hallelujah, that they were led by the Holy Spirit. Amen. And we give God all the glory for the work of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. We're going to move on to the next slide. All right. The Holy Spirit was sent to be in close fellowship with you. A close relationship with you. Dare I say, be your best friend. 
Let's go to the next slide. Let's see what I'm talking about. John 16, 7, amplified version. This is Jesus again. He says, but I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Now, why would Jesus say that? Amen. Uh, first, I need to go away so that I can die for your sins. And then I being just one individual, I can't help everyone on the planet or every believer on the planet or on the earth at all at the same time. Amen. It, the Holy Spirit is omnipresent or, uh, or present. He is everywhere at once. The Spirit of God is omnipresent. So it was to our advantage that he go away, die for our sins, arise from the dead, ascend into heaven and send the Holy Spirit. Amen. So that all of us would feel his presence at once so that I'm not jealous of the next person because Jesus is with them and not with me. The Holy Spirit is everywhere at once. OK, let's let's go on. For if I do not go away, the helper, the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, the standby will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him the Holy Spirit to you to be in close fellowship with you. The Holy Spirit, according to Christ, and as we view through the Amplified Version, is to be in close fellowship with you. In other words, our life, our day-to-day -day life, is to be spent with an awareness that the Holy Spirit is with us. And to be in close fellowship with us. Hallelujah. That's good news. It means I'm never alone. It means my help is always there with me. Hallelujah. That when I'm going in a situation that is unfamiliar to me or uncomfortable with me, uncomfortable to me, or I'm going into a situation that I know enemies will be there, the Holy Spirit is always there with me and with you. Hallelujah. And we don't have to fight over who he's spending time with because he's everywhere at once. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Next slide. Point three. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to comfort, support, be a go-between, a counselor, a strengthener, and someone to stand with a believer every day of his or her life. He is with you every day of of your life on your good days on your not so good days on your trying times he is there with you when you feel him when you don't feel him this is a thing that's by faith the just shall live or walk by faith where is the just, the righteous? We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, according to 2 Corinthians 5.21. Hallelujah. Let's go on to our next slide. Jesus speaks. Uh, there's a uh, typo there. Jesus speaks, it's supposed to say, of the Holy Spirit's mission on earth. All right. So Jesus speaks of the Holy Spirit's mission on earth. Let's look at it. Next slide. John 16.8. So Jesus is still speaking here. So we're being taught by Christ here. Amen. And he says, and when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness 
and of judgment. This is his mission to the overall earth. Amen. Hallelujah. Now let's look at this word reprove so that we have an understanding of what it means. Amen. So it's a Greek word because it's written in the New Testament. The New Testament is originally written in Greek. Amen. And then translated to English and other languages. So this word reprove is a Greek word pronounced elenko. And it means properly to convince with solid evidence or solid compelling evidence, especially to expose, to prove wrong or to connect. Amen. So let's read that with the definition. Hallelujah. John 16, 8 again, King James Version. It says, and when he has come, he will convince the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. All right. I know we like to put the word convict there. Once again, the word convict means to declare somebody guilty or to have somebody be guilty. Amen. And he's there to reprove the world. Now, he now in that definition uh, that I just read to you, it is to expose. So expose to the world that they are wrong of sin. All right. Let's go to the next slide. The Holy Spirit's ministry to the unbeliever. So we're going to go deeper into uh, what Jesus uh, meant by uh, verse eight. Amen. So verse nine. So this is his ministry to the unbeliever. Amen. Jesus says of sin because they believe not on me. All right. So the point here is he's convincing the world of their sin because they believe not on him. That is the chief sin of the world. And it is the root sin of all other sins they commit because they don't believe on him they don't believe he is their lord and savior that died for their sins so the chief thing that the holy spirit is doing towards the world is convincing them or exposing their sin of unbelief and you know it's the world he says of sin because they he uses the pronoun they believe not on me we got to see the context clues in the sentence in the verse here, they, speaking of those that are other than uh, who he is directing his, 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 his message to, his teaching to, they being those that aren't here right now, or the world. Amen? So Jesus' uh, uh, teaching on the Holy Spirit is that he convinces the world of their sin of unbelief. He exposes to them that you are walking unbelief, that Jesus is Lord. You should believe in him. Next slide. The Holy Spirit informs the believer of his or her righteousness. Uh-oh. Let's go to the next slide. John 16, 10, King James Version. And it reads, of righteousness because I go to my father and ye see me no more. Now he's directing that towards his listeners. And amongst them are the disciples or his listeners or his followers. And he's saying, ye or you see me no more. If you remember, I explained to you that chapters 14, 15, 16 and 17, John was, I mean, excuse me, John was writing that Jesus was preparing the disciples for his crucifixion and subsequent ascension. Amen. So now Jesus is directing the conversation to those Hallelujah. He's referring to those that he is speaking to. Ye see me no more. So here, the Holy Spirit, amen, his job is to convince us of our righteousness that is in Christ. 
Now, we've been taught, many of us, I know I've been taught that the Holy Spirit's job is to convict us of sin. But that's not what Jesus is saying here. He said of righteousness because I go to my father and you. So now he's speaking to his followers. See me no more. So from the text, we get the context of who Jesus was speaking to uh, in this verse. And he was speaking to believers. So the Holy Spirit's job is to convince us of our righteousness. Because as Christians, we struggle with that. We either go to one stream or uh, one, one extreme or the other. We, we're either holy rollers who think we're holier than thou and we can do no wrong and delve into narcissism where we can do no wrong. That's what narcissism means. We can't see our own wrong. Or we go to the other extreme and say how terrible we are. Amen. You and I as believers, and if you're not a believer, I will give you an invitation to join the family of God at the end of this service. But you and I as believers, amen, are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He became sin, he be Jesus, and we became righteousness. He exchanged places with us at the cross. That's how good God is. He took our sins and became our sin offering and we became we received his righteousness and the holy spirit's job is to convince us to reveal to us that we are now in a position that we are the righteousness of god in christ jesus legally and i'm not talking about our behavior i'm talking about our legal position before father god he sees us as righteous this is scripture. This is by faith. This is not feeling. This is by faith. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And the Holy Spirit's job is to convince us as believers that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Because Jesus took our sin and we, took, we received his righteousness. Amen. All right. Next slide. The Holy Spirit informs us that Satan has been judged and these are his three missions to the earth amen let's go to the next slide john 16 and 11 king james version it says of judgment because the prince of this world and he was referring to to uh satan amen is judged so he's to convince us that satan has been judged or defeated he's defeated he's not deplaced yet it's not been deplaced that'll happen amen during the tri uh uh the tribulation i mean that'll happen uh when uh the millennial period at the end of the millennial period excuse me amen with satan uh and death and hell are thrown into the lake of fire amen glory to god so he is de he's defeated hallelujah he is judged hallelujah let's go to the next slide and get an understanding of all this so point four Point four, the Holy Spirit convinces unbelievers of their unbelief in Christ with the goal of having them receive Christ as their Lord and Savior. So he is ministering to unbelievers trying to convince them that Christ is Lord and Savior and died for their sins. Now, many times he'll use believers. He'll move through us to do this. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That's the, his way of doing it. Let me go on. He convinces believers of their righteousness that was accomplished by Christ on their behalf at the cross. So we're righteous. We have a righteous standing before Father God. But it's not something we've earned. It's something that Christ earned for us. 
Amen. And he convinces us of that. Amen. Hallelujah. And lastly, and he reminds believers that Satan was overthrown, defeated from his ruling position over believing mankind by the Lord Jesus. Satan had a legal right to torment us, to control us. Amen. He took Adam's position before Father God. He stole it by deceiving Eve. And then Adam partaking as Eve did and Adam being the first being. Amen. Sin got passed down from the first being to all the rest of us. Amen. Satan took his place. Now Christ has taken that place. Amen. Glory to God that Adam forfeited. Amen. So Satan is no longer in that position before Father God where he can accuse us day and night. Christ is there praying for us day and night. And it's the Holy Spirit that is there to remind us that Christ is at the right hand of the Father. We have an adversary. I mean, adversary. We have an advocate. Amen. With the Father through Jesus Christ. So the Holy Spirit reminds us that Satan is is defeated now like i said he's not displaced yet amen that'll happen in the future amen but he no longer has the place where he has the legal right to rule over us amen now as a believer i'm legally in christ i'm no longer legally in adam or in satan i'm legally in christ somebody say hallelujah and the holy spirit reminds us of that next slide the holy spirit will show you the way of truth or reality the Holy Spirit will show you the way of truth or reality let's look into that in the next slide John 16 13 how be it when he and this is Jesus speaking once again the spirit of truth is come he will guide you into all truth for he shall not speak of himself but whatsoever he shall hear that shall he speak and he will show you things to come Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go to the next slide to see what's going on here. Point number five. The next slide. The Holy Spirit does not lie. You've all heard this story, those of you who go to Living Waters Christian Center, but those of you who haven't, amen. I thought the Holy Spirit was lying to me when he told me my wife was my wife. <laughs> but he does not lie. And I can testify that we've been together. It'll be 27 years at the end of the month. Amen. He does not lie, but will only show, communicate to believers the truth of God's will for their life. You have a truth teller in your life and he's called the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I can lie to myself. I could say that I'm skinny, <laughs> but I'm not. <laughs> I could lie to myself. I did lie to myself. No, that's, this woman is not going to be my wife. And she, she was. I could lie to myself. But I have a truth teller in me. And he is the Holy Spirit. You have a truth teller in you if you're a believer. And he is the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Spirit of God. So he will show, communicate to the believer the truth of God's will for their life as well as provide a deeper revelation of Christ and what he accomplished at the cross. Amen. The Holy Spirit will always point to Christ. Does not speak of himself, but he speaks of Christ. Amen. He's referred to in Scripture as the Spirit of Christ. Although he is God, the Spirit, amen, hallelujah, he is so humble, he always lifts up Christ. Amen. And he speaks the truth in love. 
His truth telling is not to destroy us, but to build us up in the truth, in that which is beneficial to us. Amen. So the Holy Spirit is a truth teller and he reveals Christ to us. Amen. He honors Christ. Amen. Let's move on to our next slide. The Holy Spirit will always glorify Jesus to the believer. Now, if you have a spirit telling you that Jesus is not Lord, that's not the Holy Spirit. All right, let's go to our next slide here. Let's go to our scripture, John 16, 14, King James Version. Here Jesus says, he shall glorify me. So Jesus is telling us that the Holy Spirit will glorify him. For he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. Now we see at the bottom of the page, I have the definition for the word glorify. In the Greek, it's a word dakazo, and it means to esteem and bestow honor. So the Holy Spirit will always esteem and bestow honor honor upon Christ so if there's some spirit speaking to you that or some voice or whatever it is some voice in your head is speaking to you that Jesus is not Lord that's not the Holy Spirit you will always glorify or esteem and bestow honor upon Christ amen all right let's move on to our next slide point six the Holy Spirit will not seek his own glory, so he won't seek to esteem or bestow honor upon himself, but will cause the dignity and worth of Christ to be revealed and manifested to the believer. He's always going to lift up Christ to you. He's always going to esteem honor and glory upon Christ. He's always going to point you to Jesus and not to himself. That's how humble he is. He's a gentleman. He's humble. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This is a little aside, a little, but I can't operate in the Holy Spirit and not be a gentleman or gentlewoman. I'm not operating in the Holy Spirit and tearing down other people. That's just not who he is. That's not who he is. Amen. Even when I have to correct, it has to be in a gentleness know a way that it can be received amen or when you correct hallelujah now we're human and we just need to own up to it when we added a little meanness to something maybe the holy spirit told us to say something and we just added a little meanness to it we got to take we got to take ownership of that and not give it to the holy spirit all right he's a gentleman amen glory to god let's move on to our next slide by the agency or the influence or the work of the Holy Spirit, the believer in Christ becomes a new creature. All right. We're no longer what we were. We are a different type of being now. Now that we are saved, now that we are Christians, now that we are in Christ. Amen. So let's look at that in the next couple of scriptures. Amen. Hallelujah. Next few scriptures, I should say. Amen. All right, we're going to John 3, 5 through 7, the Amplified Version. Amen. This is the account of Jesus meeting with Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a Pharisee, and he met Jesus at night. Amen, because he was embarrassed that the other Pharisees would see him. Amen. Uh, meeting with Jesus. Amen. Pharisees were uh, a religious sect of Judaism during the time of Jesus. Amen. And they were very legalistic or really believed in the law of Moses in order to get them to heaven. Amen. Hallelujah. And we know that it's through Christ we go to heaven. Or we should know that, that we through Christ we go to heaven because no man can keep the law perfectly. Amen. We're all imperfect. 
Only Jesus was able to keep the law. Amen. And that's why his sacrifice for our sin uh, was so powerful because he was the only one that could keep the law perfectly. Amen. If you didn't with the law, the law is um, unrelenting. Amen. If you broke it one time, there was no grace. You were guilty of all the law. Amen. So let's think about this with the law. If people were able to keep the law, why did the Israelites, amen, and God institute through them uh, the sacrificial, uh, the sacrifices, the five sacrifices that they had to do, where they had to slay an animal, amen, and have his blood pay for their sin, that temporarily pay for their sins. Amen. God knew they couldn't keep the law. That's why he had them institute the sacrificial system. Amen. But Jesus was our ultimate sacrifice. Amen. So let's see what's going on here. Amen. Nicodemus met Jesus at night and Jesus answered and said, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot ever enter into the kingdom of God. Let me stop here real quick because many people believe Jesus is speaking of baptism here. Now, if you were with me a few weeks ago, we spoke about what living waters meant. Amen. And we spoke about how um, Aaron and his sons, amen, had to wash themselves with, with physical, natural water before they entered into the tabernacle, amen. The tabernacle rep and the, the ark more specifically represented the presence of Christ, amen, or the presence of God, amen. Hallelujah. So water, when we speak of living waters, it spoke of continual cleansing, amen. Hallelujah. That's why the, Holy, uh, uh, that's why, uh, the life of Christ was referred to as living water. Amen. So here, when we when we see water, that's symbolic of cleansing. Amen. And the Holy Spirit accomplishes both here. Amen. He brings about our cleansing. Amen. So, so unless one is born of water and of the spirit, he cannot ever enter into the kingdom of God. So what Jesus is saying here is that unless we are born of the spirit who thereby washes us, cleanses us. As if with water, amen. Water is so that they can understand the cleansing aspect. So we as human beings can understand the cleansing aspect. Hallelujah. So the Holy Spirit accomplishes our cleansing and, hallelujah, births up spiritually. So that's what this means. Amen. Now, brother pastor, how do you know that? How, how come I know that you're not just tearing, making this up as you go along? Well, let's think about this. In Luke 23, 43, Jesus was on the cross. Amen. He had two men that were being crucified alongside of him. One was rebuking him, saying, if you are the Christ, why don't you save us now? One rebuked that other man and said, uh, leave him alone. This is an innocent man. And he said, he said, Lord, remember me when you come into our kingdom. And Jesus responded to him and said, today you will be with me in paradise. All right. Now, basically, Jesus is saying, today you'll be saved and you'll be with me in paradise. Now, this man had no opportunity being on the cross, being crucified, to be baptized. How can he go to paradise if baptism is a requirement for salvation? Okay, if you understand that point, hallelujah. So he was cleansed, but by the Holy Spirit. He was born again, but by the Holy Spirit. And so you and I, now let me explain this, though, to you more, fur, uh, more thoroughly, amen. During the time of Jesus, and right after his ascension, amen, people who got saved typically did get baptized, 
Amen. Now, baptism is symbolic of a washing and a death. You're dying to the old man when you go down, dying to your old man in your old ways. And when you rise up from the water, so it's symbolic of a death and a resurrection. You're res being resurrected to new life when you come out. Holiday. Now, people did that. Now, obviously, down through the years, everyone has not had an opportunity or uh, to be baptized. Amen. And we've we've done the what we call the prayer of salvation or the sinner's prayer. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, baptism at its core is symbolic of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Amen. It is an outward testimony, an outward identification of us with the death and the burial of Christ and also being washed by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. But it is symbolic. The true substantive work is by the Holy Spirit. Somebody say amen. All right. So let me read that again. Jesus answered and said, answered, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, unless one is born of water and of the spirit, he cannot ever enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. The physical is merely physical. All right. Baptism, natural baptism is physical. All right. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be surprised that I have told you, you must be born again, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, sanctified. Sanctified means cleansing or se separated, set apart. All right. Hallelujah. So this scripture is speaking of the new birth or being born from above or born again. So every believer in Christ must be and is born from above or born again. When Adam chose to live independent of God and sin, he became spiritually dead or spiritually separated from God. His spirit, his spirit man, the, 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 the candle inside of him, the candle of life, his spirit was separated from God. Through Christ, we are born again where his spirit takes residence with our spirit. And we are thus connected with God spiritually. We are born again. Our spirit man is made alive by way of the Holy Spirit. We are born again. Somebody say hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Let's go on to our next slide. This is John 20, 22. This is after Jesus is resurrected and he is speaking to his disciples. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He's appearing to them. They're all kind of wide eyed and like, oh, Jesus, you're here. Oh, my God. They really didn't believe that he would rise from the dead. That's that's really what it comes down to. Amen. Glory to God. And this is what he says to him. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, receive ye the Holy Ghost. Saints, I'm here to tell you today, there's a difference between the indwelling spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Here, Jesus breathed on his disciples after his ascension. And I mean, no, after his after his resurrection, excuse me, after his resurrection and breathed on them and they received the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So at this point, the Holy Spirit lived inside the first believers. So there's a difference between the indwelling and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Let's keep that in mind. 
Hallelujah. Let's move on to our next verse. Acts 1 and 8, very familiar scripture. I'm reading from the Amplified Version again. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. He's about to ascend into heaven, but he's giving them some last instructions. He says, but you will receive power and ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. There's a difference between being in you and being upon you. Let me go on. He says, and you will be my witnesses to tell people about me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and even to the ends of the earth. All right. So now this is speaking of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, baptism means to immerse. So we know it as immersing in water. So when we're baptized in water, we are we go in the water. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So to be baptized in the Holy Spirit is when uh, we are immersed in the spirit. So the spirit is in us. He dwells in us. And then the that's indwelling of the spirit. And then baptism where we're immersed or placed in the Holy Spirit. And then he is upon us. Amen. So they are two distinct. Amen. Um, uh, two distinct activities of the Holy Spirit to live in us and to be upon us. Amen. Now, often in the Old Testament, he was upon Old Testament saints from time to time, but he would depart. Amen. Hallelujah. In the New Testament, he lives inside of us and then he empowers us by way of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Let me move on to the next slide. Amen. So 2 Corinthians 5.17, Amplified Version. Amen. And this is Paul speaking to the church at Corinth. And he says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, so if anyone is in Christ, so as believers, we're in Christ, that is grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as Savior. He is a new creature, reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. So that means every believer, every true Christian is reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. He lives inside of us. He indwells inside of us. The old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition have passed away. So we're no longer in Adam or in Satan. We're in Christ. Behold, new, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings new life. The Holy Spirit lives inside of us and we are a new kind of human being. We're spiritual beings because the spirit of Christ or the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. We are reconnected with God spiritually. You cannot be spiritual if the spirit of God does not live in you. I know people claim this, but according to hallelujah, the writings of Paul and Jesus, you cannot be spiritual apart from the spirit of Christ living inside of you, i.e. the Holy Spirit. Amen. And as a believer, whether you believe it or not, whether you feel it or not, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. Amen. God lives inside of you. We're talking about the paraclete, the one called alongside to help. Amen. Amen. Let's go to our next slide. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God as I get ready to end this service. Amen. Conclusion and point seven. Amen. From the rebirth to the day to day life of a believer, the ministry of the Holy Spirit or the paraclete is to comfort, support, stand by, counsel, empower and abide with forever 
with those that have put their trust in Christ. He's not going anywhere. You're stuck with him forever. Hallelujah. He will never lie to or leave the believer, remaining, reminding him or her of their righteousness. So he's going to remind you of your righteous state in Christ. That does not mean that your behavior is is 100% Christ-like. It means your position, your legal position before God. You're a citizen of the kingdom of God because you accepted the Lord Jesus as your Savior. It's your legal position in the kingdom is that of righteousness in Christ. Now he is maturing us that our behavior now matches our legal position. Amen. Or it's called the fruit of the Spirit or the product or the work of the Spirit in your life from Galatians 5, 22. Amen. Hallelujah. So he will never lie to or leave the believer, reminding him or her of their righteousness in Christ and esteeming the Lord Jesus, whose death and resurrection made his presence in the life of a believer possible. It's because of Jesus that the Holy Spirit's presence in our life is possible. He is God the Spirit, and he lives in every believer in Christ. Today's message was the paraclete, the one called alongside to help. He's the one that comforts us, that strengthens us, that supports us. He advocates for us. He stands by us. He is with us forever. Somebody say hallelujah. So any teaching, any thought, any fiery dart of the enemy that is counter to the mission and the work of the Holy Spirit, amen, hallelujah, you and I must reject. He's good. He's good. And even when he tells us the truth, he tells us the truth in love. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. I'm done. Friends, if you were impacted by this message about Jesus Christ and want to receive his love and forgiveness, say these words with me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Please forgive me of all sins, transgressions, and iniquities. I believe you died to pay the penalty for all my sins, past, present, and future. I believe you rose from the dead as the evidence that Father God accepted your sacrifice for my sins. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, if you said that prayer sincerely, you are saved and one day going to heaven. So God bless you. God loves you. And go on with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining us at I Am Robert A. Brown Ministries. We hope the message blessed you and unveiled the love of Christ to you in a greater way. God bless.